Okay, Emily, happy Thursday. How are you doing? Good. Um, well, I guess as good as you can be doing. <laughs> Fair. All right. Tell me more. Tell me more about what that means, specifically with regard to the strike and any updates that have happened this week. Yeah. So like I explained last time, we've been in mediation. Um, so that means we have a third party mediator who is meeting with the UC bargaining team and the UAW bargaining team, kind of going back and forth and trying to facilitate an agreement between the two. So that's been happening for a bit. And things all of a sudden yesterday seem to be moving very quickly, even though UC and UAW have not like agreed to any ground rules with the mediator or what will happen during mediation. So for example, UC sent out some emails, and I think I saw one for this campus too, saying that mediation would be private and that neither side could talk about what was happening in mediation. But that was never agreed upon. Like that is a rule that could be agreed upon by both parties, but that was never agreed upon. UC just, I guess, said that themselves. Um, so mediation is not private or confidential. So it was. it's surprising that things seem to be moving so fast when UAW and UC haven't even established ground rules, like what constitutes mediation, what they're going to do, things like that. So workers were very much pushing for these meetings with the mediator to be open to workers to listen to and watch. Apparently, the mediator, who is the mayor of Sacramento and who Governor Gavin Newsom suggested and then UC agreed to and then UAW agreed to, apparently he said he was not interested in having mediation be open for members. And I guess the UAW bargaining team just went along with that. So there's been mediation happening, um, lots of meetings happening. Yesterday, I guess UAW and UC were doing mediation meetings for like almost 12 hours yesterday, and that yielded verbal kind of agreement or a verbal offer from the university. So nothing's in writing yet, but apparently UC has verbally said like a few things that they're willing to offer. So it's a bit un unclear because, yeah, it's not in writing yet. No one's actually seen it. So the details are not explicit yet. But it seems like from this kind of verbal offer, the university says that they'll raise total compensation for nine-month appointments, so for the academic school year, to 34000 for all campuses, but that isn't until the end of the contract, so that's not until October 2024 that it would go up to that. We don't yet know, like, if there would be increases along the way or, like, what the specifics of that would be, and so that would be for all campuses except for UCLA, UCSF, and UC Berkeley. I guess they're offering more for those campuses, which would be 36500 Those aren't necessarily the three most expensive campuses to live at, so it seems like that's more tied to just prestige and what UC thinks are their best campuses um, because we know like UC Santa Cruz, UC Santa Barbara are like the most expensive campuses, I think, after UCSF. And so that is kind of a bit concerning, I think, especially to people at UC Santa Cruz and UC Santa Barbara since we have such high cost of living here. And we're not getting more than other campuses. So I guess that's the big one in terms of wages. It's about a similar setup for student researchers. So that was for TAs, but it looks like it'd be about the exact same thing for student researchers. So that's for SRU, Student Researchers United. So in addition to these pay increases, the new offer from UC and their previous offer includes experience-based pay steps for teaching assistants. And so 
these experience-based pay steps or pay increases have existed for student researchers um, in the past. So depending on how experienced you are, how long you've worked in those roles, you get paid slightly more. But that's not existed for TAs in the past. So a TA who's teaching for the very first time is getting paid the same amount as a TA who's taught for five years. But it looks like in this new contract, it's likely that there's going to be some pay steps for teaching assistants as well. So the first pay step would be if you have less than three quarters of teaching experience. The second step, if you have three to five quarters of teaching experience, you move up. And it's about like a, a 3% increase between steps. And then the, the third step would be if you've taught for six or more quarters, then you'd be at the third step TA pay raise. So that's something new that looks like will come into this contract. Um, and there's there's more steps than three in the in the researchers contracts. I'm not exactly sure how many, but there's at least six, probably more than that. Um, so that's kind of the the wrap up for what it's looking like might be on the table in terms of wages. Like I said, none of this is in writing. Um, even I was talking to you know our bargaining reps from Santa Barbara. They don't even know like what the pay raise this year versus next year would be. They only know that UC said like 34,000 by the fall of 2024. So we definitely need more details and more things in writing. But this is a pretty, I suppose, significant increase from UC in terms of wages and what they're willing to offer. Some of the other kind of highlights that we've been talking about over the past weeks. So NRST is non-resident student tuition. And that is the extra tuition that international students almost always have to pay to UC, thousands and thousands of dollars a year, only because they're international students. And so for a long time, the union's demand has been getting rid of NRST. Domestic students are doing the exact same work as international students, and they don't have to pay this, but international students do. So it looks like the university has verbally offered guaranteeing the three-year post-candidacy waiver in the contract. So that's something that basically already exists, but it's not written into our contract. So it's not getting rid of NRST or reducing it or anything like that, but it is kind of guaranteeing that they will at least have the three-year post-candidacy waiver in the contract. And according to the union, this is a good step because once it's in our contract one time, it means that in the future, it kind of sets precedent that this is something we can bargain over. Whereas previously, the UC has said that NRST is not something they're willing to bargain over. So at least solidifying it in a contract means in the future we can push for more. For childcare and dependent health care, the university said that they'd agree, and we don't know exactly the numbers, to childcare subsidies each year that are a bit higher and that they would increase a little bit each year. So it's going to be important to see what those actual numbers are, but... It looks like they're moving a little bit on that. And then they're offering, or at least verbally offering, full remission for dependent health care for children of anyone who doesn't qualify for Medi-Cal for children. So this is this is essentially what UAW had in their last proposal to UC, which is that if someone doesn't qualify for Medi-Cal for their children, that they should be able to put them on their UC health insurance. Um, and it looks like UC is is essentially agreeing to that. Like I said last time, a lot of folks don't think that's sufficient because Medi-Cal for Children doesn't cover some really important things like therapy and gender-affirming health care. 
And so for children and, you know, families who need those things, they wouldn't be able to get that if they qualify for Medi-Cal. Whereas if they were able to put them on their UC insurance, they, they would be able to get those kind of services. That's essentially what we have in terms of like a verbal offer from the university. We're still waiting to see actual things in writing to see what this would actually mean. There was a caucus between UAW bargaining team and workers this morning at 10 a.m. Like always, the Zoom capacity was not large enough and people couldn't get in. But we've kind of devised a pretty good system where someone who is in the Zoom room then like broadcasts it over Discord. A lot of folks were able to watch there, which is good. Someone who's in the Zoom like shared their screen and shared their audio. But it meant that all those folks who were not in the actual Zoom room couldn't participate in the conversation as directly. And I believe that in the coming days, we should have a written proposal. I'm expecting that the the UAW bargaining teams are going to agree to this proposal. Of course, I can't tell the future, but it seems quite likely that that's the case. And so this offer would then go out to union members to ratify. So either to vote, yes, we should accept this contract or no, we should not accept this contract. Um, It seems like quite likely that that will happen um, in the coming weeks and then we'll have to see what what membership thinks about this offer. At this point in time, are there any educated guesses or by reading the room and understanding of how people may vote with regard to ratifying or not ratifying the contract? Yeah, so right now, and according to kind of the caucus and the different conversations that have been happening, it seems like there's a pretty clear split between people either really pushing to accept this contract or really pushing to not accept this contract and say it's insufficient. I don't know how that will shake out on a statewide level in terms of a vote, um, because it's hard to tell if the people who are coming to a Zoom caucus are representative of everyone else there. But I think there will be a significant number of people who vote no. I don't know if that number is going to be high enough to go over 50% and make it so we don't accept the contract. But I do think there's going to be a pretty, pretty significant group who do that. So for context, the 2018 contract was our last contract. Generally, our contracts are four years for the TA union. And for this past contract, it was a pretty also controversial contract. And it was also agreed upon, so tentatively agreed upon over the summer and wasn't communicated super well to members. So there was not a really high turnout for voting. But that past contract only passed by 54% UC-wide. And so that was with like not a lot of time to prepare and not a lot of, you know, organizing around the vote. So I'm I'm really interested to see kind of what the breakdown of percentage of yes and no votes are this time around, because there have been people for weeks and weeks starting to organize to vote no on this contract because it's been very clear for weeks and weeks that the bargaining teams had already given up so much that no matter what the contract was that was agreed upon, it was already going to be insufficient. So yeah, don't know what the vote breakdown is going to be, but there are definitely people who feel very passionately on both sides. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Emily, for checking in with me and I'll talk to you in the coming days, I'm sure. Yep. Sounds good.